everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me, as always, is Tara. Greetings, citizens. Tara, why does it look like you're playing a tug of war on both sides right now? That, that... I've got a cat that I'm entertaining with this thing at the end of a wire. And a dog that I'm entertaining with scritches on my left. <laughs> Tara's multitasking this today. This is my life. Yes. This is my life. A little bit of multitasking. Uh, so this is a science fiction movie podcast. We talk about uh, sci-fi movies uh, every episode. And this episode, we are continuing with our 70s sci-fi uh, season. And this is a film called The Ultimate Warrior from 1975, starring Yul Brenner and Max von Sydow, which, first of all, let's get this out of the way. People know that I enjoy some wrestling from time to time. Um, and well, it's been a long time since I've bothered with the the main big company wwe uh it's impossible not to at least acknowledge the fact that the ultimate warrior is a pretty well-known wrestler okay <laughs> now he didn't come until after this <laughs> but people are probably expecting me to crack some jokes right i'm just gonna get out of the way now i acknowledge the name let's move on let's move on with the lives i um did not make that connection. I don't know wrestling. Yes. Or the WWF. Oh wait, that's World Wildlife Fund. I know that one. Are you doing a bit right now, or did you know it used to be WWF and got changed because the World Wildlife Fund sued their asses? No, I had no idea. Oh really? Okay. Well, that's why it used to be WWF, and then they had to change it to WWE because uh, the pandas got upset. <laughs> People were donating to the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, billionaire Vince McMahon was laying in his pockets. With people's donations, of, oh, what's this? Fifty dollars in the mail oh. for the panda. Hmm. I wonder if I have a wrestler named Panda. <laughs> no, I didn't know that that was the name of a wrestler, but I did think that this was a weirdly titled film for what it is. I mean, this is before the wrestler, so it's not like they were, you know, if anything, the wrestler might have taken it from this. I don't think so, uh, because there was other types of warriors in wrestling. So the, I think the idea with the wrestler was, oh, I'm the, I'm the best. I'm the ultimate warrior. Because there was the Road Warriors yeah. and there was so on and so on. Yeah, so this movie is a post-apocalyptic film set in New York City in the distant future of 2012. I love old future. You know that's my favorite thing. The, the premise of this basically is that uh, we're in a post-apocalyptic world where a, a plague has taken out uh, the majority of the population and we have, you know, our, our you know, you know, 1%, 2%, whatever it is that's left of survivors. And we focus... Do we know it's a plague? Yeah, I think there's, there's one line of dialogue he said it's a plague. I think they it... refer to like the plague or blight that took out the, the, like, the foliage. But I didn't know about like the crops and stuff. But I didn't know about people. I thought it was a bit unclear about what happened to all the people. Um, you may be. Right. I, I took the plague as to as, as affecting humans as well. But then again, no one in this movie is worried about getting sick. So either they all know they're immune and that's why they've survived, or you're right, and it's just the food supply went away. And it revolves around uh, Max von Sydow's character runs this sort of camp, this kind of like enclosement uh, in, in a building in the middle of the city. Yul Brenner plays this character of the name of... Carson? Carson, yes. Who is a bit of a fighter, and they want to hire him as kind of their, their security, essentially. Because there's, there's like another gang of bandits who are like always trying to like steal from them, kill them when they're out in the open, and things like that. And mm-hmm. that's basically the gist of the movie. I mean, I, I think any more that would be spoilers. And as always, we're starting spoiler free, and I'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers later on. Um, but that's the gist of the movie. Uh, so we got a couple of big stars here. Yeah, definitely. Max von Sydow and Yul Brenner. Yeah. Does Yul Brenner only have like two costume options, <laughs> which is like shirtless or <laughs> black on black? <laughs> Uh, you may have a point. Um, I I've not actually I've not actually seen Yul Brenner on a lot of things, really. Like, oh, okay. Because I've seen well, I, like yeah, Magni- Magnificent Seven. Have you seen that? Yes. And that is, I think he wears like the same outfit. I think he actually wore the same outfit on Westworld that he wore in that movie for that reason. Like he he was typecast to play the same type of cowboy in that in Westworld Mm -hmm. which I've also seen and uh, in this movie I mean he doesn't have the hat but like it's the same outfit 
I wonder if he even got outfitted on set. I wonder if he just brought his own clothes from home. So, no, this is what I wear. And then in this movie, he's, like, half shirtless. And then he's also shirtless in, like, The King and I and The Ten Commandments. <laughs> anyway, that's the gist of the movie. I'll ask the question. Tara, uh, this is a first-time watch for both of us. Because I don't think either of us had heard of this until the last couple of no. weeks. So, Tara, uh, did you enjoy? How do you feel about The Ultimate Warrior? Um, I did enjoy it. I actually was surprised I hadn't heard of it before. Seems like a lot of movies are kind of centered around tropes that this movie may have started. I'm not sure. But it uh, seems to be an early example of this post-apocalyptic survival, like set up a ba- set up a blockade or a compound and then protect yourself from the the evil people who are just desperate and do bad things to people and it's almost like a zombie movie <laughs> kind of yeah was, i was definitely thinking about last of us a little bit just in the way that they, they just... yeah so have i even though I, I didn't finish the game but like even a lot of the the set designs i'm like i think i played through this level <laughs> yeah the, the early parts of last of us certainly start in a city area that's kind of i mean it's a bit bigger than this but it's the same similar mm-hmm. kind of idea where the city's kind of abandoned but there's this one little section that's closed off that's got people in it um which is kind yeah, of cool. I actually really like this movie. I would say I really liked it. I'd say I like the mythology and the ideas that it has. I think like a lot of these movies that we're talking about from the seventies, like it has the 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 core ideas of really cool things, but the mm-hmm. actual like story and execution of it is kind of just you know okay, underwhelming. Like it's just it's it's the basics. Like it's like the seventies is this really weird experimental time where most of these sci-fi movies have really cool ideas that are going to become great things in the hands of other filmmakers and and whatever you know down the line. But in the seventies themselves, it's just these we almost like prototype movies where it's like okay, we're presenting this idea of this you know post-apocalyptic city and people in like you know uh, kind of gangs if you will, but yeah. You know, there's not much more to it than that. Like, I, f- I felt like... Cause it's worth Are mentioning... you just upset that there's no bush in this movie? <laughs> of course. If she can bring up the Hayes Code because there is bush, she'll bring up the, the odd lack of it uh, and then mention <laughs> the Hayes Code that way. Um, no, I was not upset that I there was no bush I did not bring up the Hayes Code. <laughs> <laughs> I brought up the point that, that you've made many times. <laughs> the 70s full bush. But we didn't get one in this. There was no bush. We didn't even get there. nipple. No. Well, I mean, apart from, yeah, let's get Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner. Yes. Uh, this I, is a movie for the ladies. <laughs> no, I like. I think. I think it's a solid. Like, I enjoyed watching it, and I, I liked seeing kind of. And I, I wish it did more with some of the, the stuff that we'll get to in spoilers. But like, much like some of these other movies, it feels like they've got the the startings the beginnings of what we think of as the post-apocalyptic city and the types of tropes and the type of characters and encounters we're going to have inside that setting uh but like a lot of these movies you'll notice that most of these films we've talked about from the 70s sci-fi season um have been very short they've all been about 90 minutes long it's almost mm-hmm. like and i and i think they've all had this thing most of them i'm not counting death race and this death race was kind of its own thing <laughs> but like a lot of these other ones we've been talking about I've had this thing where the movies have felt like it's all been set up of what the premise is, and then it gets to the third act very quickly. There's almost very little in the way of like a, an act two, uh, where mm-hmm. it feels like there's a progression in the world because the story isn't that in depth. It's just very simple, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it it does mean that like you know I, I couldn't help but think of like all the much better stories I've seen in these settings, you know, from later. Uh, I, I don't know that I've seen a lot of good movies in this type. I You know what it reminded me of? Like, mm. uh, It reminded me of a whole season arc of The Walking Dead, but in 90 minutes. And 90 minutes felt like the right amount of time, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Having watched two and a bit seasons of The Walking Dead, that show was insanely padded out after the first couple of episodes and made it tedious as hell to watch. Uh, so yeah. I, I concur with the general point you're making there <laughs> on board. But I, I actually, no, I really liked the movie. I thought the, I mean, just like all the other ones, like the actors that they get for these films are way too good for the B movie that they're making. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they give it their all. And I think, I think uh, the talent is undeniable. Yeah. And uh, like, I found see that was so good in this movie. And um, 
Whoever plays his daughter, I know she's in Star Trek. She's in the next gen. You haven't seen her yet, though. She plays mm. Derek's wife. Not Spock's mother, but like his new wife. Uh, Joanna Mails, I believe, is the actress. Mm -hmm. She looks really familiar, and I don't know what else she's in. You know, there's another guy in this movie who I was like, what, what do I know his face from? But he's like super young, and I can't remember his name, but he's married to the girl with the baby. And he is in The Watchmen. He plays Hollis Mason, or uh, Night the first Night Owl. And he's, like, old in that movie. So it's, it was bizarre to see him. Like, I, I couldn't think of anything else from his IMDb that I had seen, except for that. So I oh, hadn't uh, think I recognized him from. Oh, I don't know who you're talking about. You're talking about Stephen McKay. Uh, yes. Who, I've seen a bunch of stuff. You know, he was in Pontypool not long ago. I actually didn't realize he was old enough to... Uh... Well, he's really young in this, but he's got, like... I don't know, like a recognizable face, because I'm like, I know that face from something. Maybe no. I know him from something else other than watching. He, he was, he was, yeah, he's been in tons of stuff. He was born in 1947. He actually just popped up on a TV show uh, last week that me and Connor tried from Netflix at the time of recording. That is <laughs> obviously by the time this goes up, but this will be a while ago. Uh, he was in a TV show on Netflix called The October Faction, which was absolute garbage. That pilot, <laughs> I do not recommend it at all. Um, noted <laughs> uh he was in a flashback scene in that first episode and everything about and i've seen and this actor i've seen be good in multiple things but he, mm. he was terrible everyone was terrible in that show so which is where whereas i'm assuming it's not really the actor's faults that they're all bad it's this the script and the direction and all the other things that go into uh making yeah. them look uh, rough i had no idea it was quite this old though that he was old enough to be you know an adult in a movie from 1975 yeah, and a young adult, though. Like, he's he, he's fairly young in the movie, I think. He's 28. But still, like, I don't know, like, really recognizable. Like, uh, when watching, I was just, who is that? Well, you say, you say that, but I didn't recognize him, and I know this guy. <laughs> That's true. So I, I did not even think I mean, it could have was... been from the Watchmen movie. I haven't watched that movie in, like, 10 years. Because <laughs> uh, I, 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 the only I, thing I could think of when I looked at the IMDb. I know his face quite well now. Like, I, I know, like, you know, from... Mm -hmm. The 2000s you know, and 2010s. You know the older version of it. Yes, I know older man. Oh, I didn't think it was quite that old. I thought it was like, I, I thought it was maybe like in his late 50s, early 60s from, you know, from like those, those things. Uh, but he was born in 47, so he's actually quite old. Um, he's just doing all right. Yeah. Okay, Eating like, lots of greens or something. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, he's from Nova, Nova Scotia. Uh, I feel mm, like people Nova know, Scotia. Yeah, exactly. See? Um... They're well preserved up there. It's, yes. All that back bacon and ice. <laughs> yeah, I even recognize that. Good eye, because I, I didn't even it didn't even occur to me that I, this was someone I knew. But now you've pointed out who it is, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I don't know this guy. Like I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's a that guy for sure. But he did like look really really young. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. I was surprised that I recognized him too. I was almost proud of myself. Max von Sydow, on the other hand, uh, is someone who I knew was old as he is because he's like ninety now. He's like ancient. He's an ancient man. Because <laughs> uh, Max von Sydow was a, a youngish man in The Seventh Seal from nineteen fifty-seven. So even in this movie, he's already like you know pushing fifty. <laughs> yeah, but he looks. I, they aged him in The Exorcist, right? Because in The Exorcist, he looks ninety also. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he does. He looks ancient in The Exorcist. Which but is, that was two years before this movie. He, uh... Because I was surprised. I thought he actually looked pretty young in this movie. He went into a Lazarus pit uh, <laughs> in those uh -huh. two years. Um, do, I'm sorry, do you know what a Lazarus pit is? No. <laughs> it's uh, what Razal... I was just going to play along. Yeah, so it's what Razal Ghul uses to stay immortal. He keeps going into the Lazarus pit and he comes out young again. Uh, it's a comic thing. I thought it was like a biblical thing. I should have known better. <laughs> <laughs> What I really liked about the movie and what I wish it did more with is uh, like the stuff where they kind of use the buildings like because obviously what this essentially is it's kind of like think of Mad Max or think of any like you know wasteland style movie where you've got camps and you've got the, the rival gang or whatever who want to get into the camp right but normally yeah. in these other movies they're in like a, you know they're in a wasteland they're, in, they're just surrounded by flat land or hills or desert or, or whatever or water yeah but this is this is completely different this is like no we're surrounded by buildings and we see you know the the, the villainous characters try to like you know use makeshift like sort of ladders and ramps to like get across buildings and stuff and it's like yeah this is this is a concrete jungle it, it feels like a jungle 
uh, and that's kind of yeah. I actually unique. thought it did a pretty good job of making it feel like like an empty New York City too, because a lot of <clears> movies, <throat> like even later ones, try to get this effect, and you're like, I just don't buy it. Like I don't know. Like it just seems like matte paintings. I mean, this one like clearly used just pictures of New York, but in the winter time, so everything's dead already. You could still see like snow on the ground for a lot mm. of the photos, <laughs> but um. And and a lot of the sets, like I definitely recognize the set from the Universal Studios backlot tour <laughs> that have been redone. But I I really like the subway set a lot, and like like you're right, just the the everything is done on a rooftop, and um, like people who are like scaling the walls of the buildings to to get up or down, um, how they utilize like the dumb waiters and stuff to get around and. It's really cool. It's really unique. Yeah, I wish there was more of that stuff because I think that's the stuff that I really get into. Because uh, mm-hmm. the actual Yul Brenner, you know, Carson's like sort of like for a movie called The Ultimate Warrior, it doesn't really show us that our title. Yeah, it doesn't really. It's sh- not really his movie either. Like yeah, uh, and he also has a really weird entrance, which we're going to have to talk about in spoilers. But his entrance is so bizarre and then irrelevant to the rest of the movie. It's. I don't even know how we begin with it, but it never really gives anyone an arc, at least not like to to like a great extent where like someone really learns something about themselves or or like overcomes something to you know it's purely a movie about survival and about the continuation of like you know mm-hmm. the human race and I mean that's fine don't get me wrong but it does make it a little bit distant and kind of what I was saying before about lacking uh, the you know, just more of a real central story to kind of like drive all this because what it has right is all the details. It has all of the stuff around the story, right? There's just the story in the middle is just not really all that there. It's, I mean, it's there a little bit. It's the core details of like what we're trying to I do. Never, but I never found it boring though. Like I was oh, still engaged fair. the whole time and the I thought the fight scenes were really good too. There's a lot of like... Um, I want to say like action, but it it's kind of like brutal fight scenes. Like um, there's a there's a lot of uses of like fire and stuff. But in while they're fighting, that I thought was really cool. And <clears throat> like um, I and I think the the score was pretty good for like especially the the third act of the movie. Like I found myself like really, you know, white knuckled at the end. Sure. I know, but the fight's not bad. Like it's kind of, it's definitely of its time. Like you know, like, like you you feel like if it was done today, like the fighting would be a lot more intricate, be faster maybe. Yeah. But like it's a lot of uh, like single shots where they last. There's not a lot of cuts in it, which I think is helpful. Like, there's there's obviously there's some cuts. It's not all one take or anything, but it's but you do get to see like Yul Brenner fighting. Yeah for a while you know three guys and then like a cut when someone gets hurt or something yeah but like but that, that it's does, good it I, has, I like the fighting it has the effect though of letting us see that it's not actually that impressive right <laughs> like he's not <laughs> you know it's it's like movie fighting I don't know, some of it was pretty impressive i thought <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Like, it's not bad. Like, it's you know, it's it's seventies movie fighting, but what it isn't is John Wick. You know, like it's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the choreography is more of a. I don't know. Yeah, it's more like a like maybe a western movie choreography or like mm-hmm. even a western TV show or something like that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Not just because it's Joel Brenner, but just it feels like that in terms of how it's shot. Yeah. And, uh, the actual action which i would say star trek but i, I think it's better than that <laughs> <laughs> it's not you brenner versus the gorn or anything <laughs> one of my favorite fake looking things that they, they always did in the original series of star trek was that yeah the double the double axe handle thing that kirk always you're did exactly where you're going yeah it always did that the haymaker it's called i'm not sure uh that, that always makes me laugh when i see the original star trek because it's like no one no one does this in a fight <laughs> like this <laughs> yeah but it always knocks people out when kirk does it to someone in like the shoulder blades ah they're done <laughs> it's his magic move <laughs> so you tell me it's not just spock who can knock someone out with a with the shoulder blade you know that kirk can mm-hmm. do it too this is just a bit it's, more aggressive looking the, yeah the kirk falcon neck pinch <laughs> <laughs> 
it's more like a caveman clobbering someone that is a pinch but <laughs> yeah like there's no reason why this would be more effective than this in fact it would clearly be less and probably hurt your hand doing it <laughs> much more than a fist but whatever mm. it, it looks cool <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> Maybe so the kids, like when the kids recreate it at home, they don't actually hurt anybody. Who knows? Mm, no, maybe that's the tactic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's child copy proof. Exactly. Yes. yes, kids do try this at home. <laughs> no, don't say that because some what one kid will kill another kid somehow some way and you will be blamed <laughs> I, th I think the atmosphere is at its best when it's at night and there's like sneaking around going on i do like uh you know, much like yul brenner himself i think the villain has a good look to him but he's maybe not mm -hmm. built up enough to really like make him a character per se but he does have presence and the no, i agree showdowns i like the one. carrot villain guy He's got a cool look. Yeah. Karis's name, by the way, she's not describing like an orange <laughs> appearance or anything no. like that. He definitely has red hair, but like, it's not like obscenely red. <laughs> he's got a big scar on his neck. Yeah. Him. Yeah. There's a story there. Yeah. <laughs> they don't explain it. And I like that. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a three hour director's cut somewhere that <laughs> with the backstory of Carrot and his scar. I'd watch it. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, and I think, you know, it, it, its ending is the simplest, most obvious thing the ending could have been, and all these things. And this is kind of come back into what I said about these, this movie and some of these other ones that we've watched, like Demon Seed or like uh, uh, Terminal Man, like, they feel like these prototypes for movies that would go on to do better versions of them in some way or other. Arguably this one, um, is there a movie I can think of that does this type of setting better? I don't know specifically. Obviously, Last of this Us. This movie had a lot of Waterworld in it, I thought. But I wouldn't say Waterworld is a better movie. I don't think Waterworld is as bad as everyone says it is, but, like, it's it's got a great show at Universal Studios. I, <laughs> a great soundtrack. <laughs> I've, only seen but, I've only seen Waterworld once, and obviously it's science fiction, so despite the fact that I've already reviewed it before, I'm going to have to do it again on this show at some point. Nice. The shorter of the two cuts... Whatever one's shorter. Probably theatrical. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch the longer one if you want. But, but they, you know, Waterworld has, like, the dry land. Like, this movie has, like, a promised land that this kind of, yeah. expert has seen before. That a lot of the barricades look like if there's just floating in water, it would be the same. There's I scarcity I, of food. I wouldn't necessarily think of uh, Waterworld when you say that, though. I, even Boy and His Dog had that, you know, over the hill. Uh you know, Land Before Time has that. Like, you know, it's a pretty common uh, trope. And Land Before Time's not even science fiction. It's just... The promised land for, you know, yeah. Moses and his people. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes, Red Sea parting. Yes. yes. Another Yul Brenner movie. <laughs> <laughs> my people go. That might be The Simpsons. But uh, back to... <laughs> Uh, the Ultimate Warrior. I, I keep forgetting the name of the movie because the, the name of the movie does not suit the, the movie. The name of the movie is ridiculous. Like, that's definitely going to take it down a point. Because, <laughs> yeah, all right, so I, I think we're at the point there where we're going to give the uh, spoiler warning. Uh, so uh, I will give thanks to our patron producers for the month of, uh, well, of time of recording at least. Uh, so I was going to say month of January. It's not going to be January by the time you actually get this. Uh, but thanks to David Shaw, Alison M. Forday, Sunday Palacios, uh, and Tyler Hess. I hope when people watch this, they'll be like, why is Tara's hair so short? <laughs> yes. Also, Tara's <laughs> going to tell you more about Patreon right now. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, if you want to check out bonus episodes of what we do, you can check out our Patreon page and donate as little as $1. And that Patreon page is patreon.com slash TV. You can get bonus episodes of... The transfer saga that we're going through, we've probably done all of them by now. Who knows? Um, <laughs> plus, like, Judge Dredd, some Mystery Science Theater adjacent films, uh, Rotor. So, yeah. Plus future ones that I don't know yet. Yeah, future <laughs> ones. Um, yes. I, I was looking at Kirby Enthusiasm gifts today. And I was doing the uh, the big vagina one. <laughs> there, that's what I was doing to distract. Why? You. 
because I, I was looking for a curb gift today to respond to something on twitter and i couldn't find one that i wanted but one of the ones that kept popping up when i was scrolling was was larry doing this for the like the big vagina hands and having jeff please don't use that while i'm talking (laughs) (laughs) yes full spoilers for the ultimate warrior from this point on um (laughs) so we yeah so so the movie starts and we see the city and we you know whatever um and we get people (laughs) well we see the city but we also see like new york city 2012 with the two towers in the background like ooh. Oh, I haven't thought of that. Now you're right. Yeah, uh, the World Trade Center is still there. Like, oh, like I love old future stuff, but there was something a little somber about seeing 2012 with the World Trade Center. Yeah, well, we can't really blame the movie makers for not predicting that. Of course not. But, you know, it's that... like a little, oh. <laughs> yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Whenever you see the New York skyline from, like, before 2001, there is kind of this bitter, sort of sweet mm-hmm. kind of quality to it. It dates a movie now, right? Like, there was a time when that wasn't a thing, but now seeing those two towers dates a movie. Um, yeah. And they've built more skyscrapers since then, and I, I don't recognize any of them. Like, none of them stick out the same way that those two towers did, because they just you no. know, were so much bigger than everything else. They just stuck out. But, uh, but yeah, so... so the start of the movie we we get that you know this this little colony has like a farm on a roof and this is important this is this is really important because um they have special seeds that are immune to the plague that stops everything else from growing so they can grow food they can grow tomatoes and a few other things that no one else can they have a real norman borlaug on their compound that's not an a character that's a real person who does uh genetically modified crops and has saved a lot of lives you should look him up he's a real hero okay i mean there was a chance there a very small <laughs> chance that that was a star trek character uh nope he's a real person <laughs> and we, we get that you know max von said was like saying to he's like number two man the number two man uh, cal uh not to be confused with cal l of krypton who would then be superman uh, <laughs> two very different references <laughs> i don't want to feel like i'm better or anything but <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes Peter again, referencing comic books. Oh, what a nerd. We have very different definitions of the word hero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Are you trying to argue that Superman? That Superman is not a hero? Um, He's a very, he's a type of hero. <laughs> a superhero. Mine saved, like, actual lives, but whatever. <laughs> Superman saved some real people. He's 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 inspired people. You're right. I bet he's inspired many a little kid to become a, like a firefighter who's been on to save numbers of lives. That's there you go. Superman saved a bunch of people. I hope you feel better. <laughs> Why are you making me feel bad for making comic <laughs> references? What is this shit? It's just you know it's a thing I have. <laughs> Like, you're not the nerdiest person ever. This I am wearing bullshit. my Mystery Science Theater t-shirt from 1997. <laughs> <laughs> what was I getting to? Okay, yes. Cal uh, and, and Max von Sydow are having a conversation about how there's this mysterious man standing topless down the street. And it's it's Yul Brenner who's just standing there with his eyes shut. He's just standing there topless. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, we need some more muscle. I'm going to go and try and recruit him. He's probably a fighter because he's out there in the streets, in the rough, mean streets of New York City, in the post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. world. He's probably good at what he does. No fear. So I'm going to go down and talk to him. So we get this big sequence where he goes down with like a, a protection. He's on his own. He takes like 10 men with him who are all like around him. And it's like this little security detail. Because it's dangerous outside. You know, once they go outside their gate, which, by the way, I love that their gate that they have, this is like a drawbridge gate, is literally like an old fence that they've just sort of, like, you know, rigged up to a bit of rope. Like, it's not like... It looks like it's, uh, <clears throat> it's like an old, like, bus also, or like a, like a school bus, or maybe even, like, a prison transport bus. Because they have, like, two drawbridges. Like, one is the... Mm. One is, like, their... It's like an airlock system, so they have two gates. One rises, they go in, and then the next yeah, one yeah. rises up, and they go out. And you could see like the blockade of all the different pieces of metal and parts of other yeah. cars and things. 
it's cool i really really like yeah er, everything's made out of stuff that's around it's not like they've they've designed Mm -hmm. anything everything's just like okay what was around it we could turn into something scrap yeah Yeah. uh but they go and talk to him and you know your brother's not respond to him and said i was like hey we're down there and we've got some food we can offer you we can give you extra portions if you come and like act as like a security enforcer or whatever and yada 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 Mm -hmm. makes me a big offer uh, he's like, okay, you've not said anything, so I'll just assume that's a no. But if you change your mind, if you reconsider, uh, we're down, you know, two blocks this way. Just come and see us. You'll see the gate. Uh, and on the way back, though, uh, they get attacked. They're this gang, uh, who we find out is Carrot's gang. Because actually, the opening actually, I, 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 I actually glossed over what the opening scene was. The opening scene is actually two men hunting down, like, some chickens in, like, a, a barn. Oh, pigeons. Oh, it's oh, it pigeons. You're right, it was pigeons. Yeah, they're, um, they're chasing the <coughs> pigeons around. I love birds. I don't like pigeons. They're the only bird I don't like. But people are like eating pigeon is so gross. <laughs> hey, it's post apocalypse. You gotta do what you gotta I do. I know. Of course the pigeons are the only thing that survive. <laughs> pigeons and rats. Pigeons and rats. And cockroaches. Mm-hmm. Those all survived. Uh but and this is the first time we see uh Carrot, the villain, but like so obviously Yul Brenner shows up and saves them. I thought this was a little bit weird how quickly like they were in danger and how he came in and saved them. And the reason why I thought it was weird is because there was no real like sort of like explanation as to why he was standing in silence with his top off and it never comes up and is never referenced or even like it's it's never a thing. Again, like we don't we don't talk about it. I I read in the trivia that on IMDB that the the director really wanted to use like this this Chinese actor who is known for his martial arts skills. And, um, but cause he had worked with Bruce Lee like a couple of years prior to make, um, enter the dragon, mm. same director, but, um, wanted to use this other like actor, actor who's well known in China, but not in America. And Hollywood said, no, uh, you can use Yul Brenner because he's the name that sells tickets. And he's mm. like, ambiguous in his nationality he plays a lot of different types of just non-american non-white people (laughs) and um but so i could see if it's like like a monk or something like they if they were going for that originally like that would pass a little bit more yeah but maybe if he's like someone who's meditating but i think because it's yul brenner and he's just like standing straight up stoic he's not like like posed or anything it's just like a statue well it's not just that it's that when he does come and saves them he immediately just starts talking to max von sido like a normal person and never goes back to being quiet again he's just he talks normally for the rest mm-hmm. of the movie he even smiles and jokes and things he's like, just looking for a guild i've done it so yul brenner joins the, the the group it's just kind of assumed that he is now and he's, he's there for the cigars which max von sido's stockpiled and you know, like he's going to help him, and like, but they get to talking about who he is and where he's from and where he's going, and he's going, he's going to an island uh, off the coast of uh, North Carolina because he's got family there, and it's a completely isolated little area that's away from all the dangers of the post-apocalyptic wasteland. And they they kind of talk about a couple of things. They mention that uh, they've heard stories of people eating each other and things like that. That this is a kind like that's the point we've reached now is that cannibalism's uh uh. uh <laughs> <laughs> it's working i'm just trying to get the camera to stop flashing see what happens when i take it away okay i just have to wear white he, he you know you can see Sido's like eyes light up he's like oh this island you say uh and you know we get we get the impression that this place is kind of unsustainable that like it's getting harder and harder the people around them are getting more dangerous and uh, there's a bigger garden things like that they want to try and repopulate or not repopulate so they want to you know, they, they want the seeds to kind of like multiply by, you know, creating more seeds and they don't really have the, the gardening space on the roof to really accomplish that. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously I, I, at this point I thought, oh, maybe the movie's going to be about them trying to like migrate this entire camp like to this island and that's going to be the journey that we go on. Yeah, like on. a convoy. But instead it's not. It's, uh, Max von Sydow's just got, okay, my daughter who's pregnant uh, and her husband... Uh, or well, as Cal her husband, I don't know, but I mean, they seemed like it was kind of close. Baby to daddy. Her. Yeah. Uh, it's like, hey, go take them, and so they, because he can, he can, you know, plant the seeds and whatnot, and uh, do do all these things, and 
you know, I want her to have a good life with her baby. Yeah, the implication is there's just not enough food to take everybody on uh, on the journey with them. And it actually does this thing where Max von Sydow's character, while you understand from a cold hard logic that he's right, that for the human race to, to thrive and survive and like have like this food supply and all that, because that, even later on when, the, when he's leaving, he says to uh, Yul Brenner, he's like, look, if it, if it becomes between saving my daughter or the seeds save the seeds because they're more important yeah. uh so you know he he is harsh on himself as well but he is kind of this harsh reality of like the way he treats the camp you know as he has this plan he's kind of lying to them he's pretending everyone's going to be okay uh and it does actually result when he does actually sneak them out with stuff and the, everyone realizes that he's given some supplies to them uh they storm mm-hmm. his office and beat him to death like it's very vicious yeah a lot of there's a lot of death in this movie like every time somebody has to leave the the compound like sure enough the rival gang is there to like instantly murder them and it's a yeah there's a lot of brutality in it but like we see a a woman try to find powdered milk for her baby and she thinks that this bakery has like an area that hasn't been broken into yet and she's sure that there's going to be something there and they get then her and her um, baby daddy also like go in there and um, it's just like a bunch of old receipts and bills in a box and and sure enough people kill like show up and kill them and uh, and there's a baby left behind. I don't know how if you want me to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I mean it's just, the, the the baby like they hear it crying and it's kind of being used as bait, so they send in Yul Brenner and. What's interesting at this it, part is yeah, that... Yeah, I thought that was interesting, though, because that Max Mancito, like hired Yul Brenner to be, to be the muscle to protect them, but he doesn't, like, send him out. Ever. Well, yeah, he doesn't want to, because he, 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 his plan now is he wants Yul Brenner to take his daughter on this trip to, like, save the seeds and, like, you know, gr- you know start a farm, basically, uh, on this island that's cut off from everyone else, uh, and therefore, theoretically, is more safe and so you know Yul Brenner stands up and says I should probably go and like try and rescue that baby that's kind of like why you hired me and people have been watching me get like you know two servings of food like every time you know at meal time uh, I have yeah. to kind of go and show that I'm like, doing what I'm here for because they'll get suspicious you know like even though like, you're worried that if I go out there I'll make something may happen to me before this plan can even happen um and yeah I mean everyone in the camp is just listening to a baby cry and yeah. they know what, what baby it is. And so, like, why do we even have this guy if he's not going to at least try? This is what he's here for, to save our children. This, this goes back to what the hell is he doing at the start? Like, you know, he's just stopped and done this. He says he's traveling, but the movie starts with him just standing there. And he's been standing there for a while because they're looking at him through the binoculars. Going, oh, he's yeah, been... They say two days. Yeah. What's he doing? Is he recharging? Uh, to go back to the Superman reference, is he... Is, he's solar-powered. Yeah, is he solar-powered? Is, 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 is he breathing in the Earth's yellow sun like Superman? Because that's what fuels him. Like, what, what's going on? Are you really going like to get... a plant. <laughs> Are you really going to... He needs photosynthesis. Make your face at me, because I made another reference. Like, we started making comic references this episode. It's just a running thing. You're going to have to deal with it. Joe, you know, I actually saw a movie uh, about five or six years ago no shut up called <laughs> what was it called was it the it was about this kid it was jennifer garner and joel edgerton and they couldn't have a kid and they were basically given a kid who grew from like a plant so so they have time with this child who's actually like a miracle like plant child it was this really weird little like feel good like movie um but there's a scene in the movie where they're playing a sport they're was it, was oh, it f- it's a disney movie isn't it i think so it was like i think it would be football like uh, timothy but, odd timothy or i can't remember yeah but it's i think we're playing football as in soccer and uh he's doing really shit and there's a moment in the game where he literally realizes that because he's a plant <laughs> he can get energy from the sun and he just sort of like opens his arms out and like closes his eyes and just soaks in the sun for a minute and then he plays really well and I just, re- I just remember laughing in the theater because he's like Superman. <laughs> you like this movie? It's probably on the Disney Plus app. It probably is. Uh, uh, it was all right for what it was. I mean, I, 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 I didn't want to see it. I think I was either dragged to it or it was just the only thing mm-hmm. playing that I hadn't seen or something like that. Uh, 
Anyway, Yulbrenner goes running in to save the baby, but the baby's already dead. Uh, one of the, 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 you know, the gang members is, like, holding the baby. And it becomes this kind of ambush where they come after him. And so we get a bit of a, a scene where he kind of goes up the, the, the little dumb elevator and somewhere and drops it uh drops like the weight at the top down at the other guy and we hear a scream and he's yeah. like it's actually quite an impressive little sort of parkour scene where he's kind of climbing down the side of the building mm-hmm. uh i thought so too and and i i looked for it and I, I know he has a stunt man but like there there is still a good scene where he's like climbing down the building at least like from the second story down and it's just the old brenner and he like starts running like that's pretty cool yeah. It's like Tom Cruise. <laughs> There's not enough running away from like walls of smoke uh, for it to be Tom that's Cruise. That's, that's that's the difference. Uh, but you know, so so that's just kind of the big set piece in the middle of the movie. Um, and then after this, there's a whole sequence where, and this is what kind of what I was all into earlier, where we see the bad guys kind of like put these like makeshift ladders like from window to window, mm-hmm. going like back and forth between two buildings to get up to the top of the roof, and then like get over and steal the fruit and they actually end up killing cal this is kind of the dark dark part of the movie where he dies and then uh yeah they throw him off the side of the building it's brutal yeah yeah uh and so those daughter doesn't want to go anymore so so actually drugs her so that she'll be knocked out so that the old brother can just carry her until she wakes up and then she's got no choice but to stick with him because now it's too dangerous to go back uh yeah. and Honestly, there's not a whole lot of plot in the movie to describe because at this point, like you know, they they go on this this run, um, as there's you know characters you know fighting in the camp about the food supply and all that. Because there's one guy mm-hmm. who actually, because this is the thing, like it comes into jeopardy because after the storm, you know, Max von Sydow's uh, office and they kill him, one of the guys who was fighting over the, the food earlier on actually goes over to uh, Carrot and tells them hey there's this guy they've got seeds and they're going this way so he kind of puts the bad guys on the path of running after yul brenner and the daughter and that means okay they may actually jeopardize like the future of like using these seeds like it may actually ruin mm-hmm. everything so you know we do have a good villain we have a villain in the sense that it's, it's really like like you're really going to screw up the one chance we have seemingly of humanity like surviving yeah like good job uh but so we get some scenes in the tells there's actually there's actually a pretty good kill scene in here uh, it was mm-hmm. a, it was a very Jason Voorhees esque sort of death. Uh, Yul Brenner like picks a guy up and puts him on like a hook. It's like the it's like a clothesline hook. Uh, yeah. I thought I was I thought I was pretty entertaining. I was into it. <laughs> I thought so too. <laughs> that was into it. Uh, yeah, that one was. Uh, you're right. It is kind of like Voorhees. <laughs> yeah, it was a slasher movie type kill. Um, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't a lot of blood. There's not a lot of blood in this movie. It's very light on blood. No, there's some like tomato paste. Like... <laughs> there's a lot of tomatoes in the movie, so maybe maybe they just had tomatoes in their mouth. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, he kills a couple of henchmen. It's around this time where the daughter actually starts to give birth. Like she's a, uh, which I thought was an oddly quiet uh, childbirth scene. Because um, she, not... she was trying. Like she was told that she that she couldn't make a sound so she had to give a silent birth yeah but it's kind of lucky that the baby was silent because this is the thing well until you hear the smack yeah you hear the smack on the butt it's, it's not <laughs> the like the baby starts crying it's not like the audio like because i mean if it'd be one thing if it just muted the scene right it's not that though you can hear the other sounds you can hear the movement and stuff it's just <laughs> the baby's dead silent i was like this is weird <laughs> ex- well the babies don't cry until they like you know get the little smack so they know to start breathing that's when they cry and then it's a showdown because uh, he scares off a couple of the henchmen away and it's just the, the there's just carrot left so we get a carrot visual brenner like one-on-one mm-hmm. uh fight uh which is so pretty we wanted which is, is arnold versus predator which is pretty brutal because uh carrot's got this like a uh, chain with a metal ball at the end of it that he's kind of whipping around and we get mm-hmm. to the end of it and there's this pit uh, which we already saw one of the henchmen like go down uh kind of unceremoniously uh to his demise but uh, it gets wrapped around yule brenner's like wrist and then he and then the bad guy carrot falls down this pit so he's dangling from yule brenner's wrist via this chain and yule brenner like, reaches out and gets like a hatchet soup is coming out of his wrist really hard <laughs> yeah the red soup but he, he reaches <laughs> over and gets a hatchet and he's trying to like 
you know, hit, hit him away so he'll fall and the weight will be gone. Then he tries cutting the chain and it's not working. And it's like, oh shit, he's going to have to cut off his hand, isn't he? He's going to have yeah. to cut off his goddamn hand. Uh, so he... I, I, I was like, no. Even though, like, the effects weren't that good for it. Like, just knowing what he was going to have to do, he had to sacrifice. I just like, no. <laughs> it was good. It was a really tense moment. <laughs> so he cuts off his hand. Carrot falls to his death. Those rats, like, right next to his face. Uh, and then I heard in the or I read in the trivia that one of the rats defecated in his mouth during the film. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> cringe! I don't know if I needed to know that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, now everybody knows. Oh. Anyway, the movie ends. Basically, they, they, we get like a, a still image montage of various locations that they've presumably went on their journey to North Carolina. And we end on a still image of them looking at an island. So they've made it, presumably. And then the credits start to roll. Well, we see them on the beach. I don't know. Did we, Did you see an island? Yeah, there's an island in the distance. Oh. I thought it was just a beach. Because I was thinking, like, maybe the island wasn't real. Uh, Not that there aren't islands off the coast of North Carolina, but, like, his island paradise was made up. I mean, I think we expect that twist because of everything in the last 40 years. I don't think this movie actually hints that that's a twist. (laughs) No, but, I mean, this movie is, you know, the beginning of the tropes. So, I mean, although there were some of them in A Boy and His Dog, but the post-apocalyptic... Calyptic tropes, you know, a lot of them were, I think, started in this film too. Like the other, I don't want to say tribes of people, but like other compounds of people who were like evil and eating, like resorting to cannibalism and the good ones that are like trying to survive. Oh, we didn't mention there's like a guy who's the one that, that goes to the the other um to carrot to be like hey mm-hmm. this is where these people have gone he was originally stealing and then he blamed another village member for the theft of the tomatoes and like nobody stands up for him like max von Zito, baron is saying like who here will vouch for this his character like, well, they're all saying that they see you on the roof. He's like, yeah, a lot of people go on the roof. And he said, well, who here who here will vouch for him? Who here should vouch for him? And nobody nobody stands up for his character. And uh, that results in him being, like, brutally beaten by the rest of the compound and then, um, like, bound up his hands bound and a bag over his head with like bells around it when he gets thrown out of the compound, like into the wild where the other tribe will just hear the bells and like pick him up and presumably eat him. Like that was super rough. Like just the whole turning on your, um, turning on your own person and not standing up for, for somebody, even though you should. And, it was a little like monsters are due on Maple Street, I thought. It kind of um... like when somebody gets accused of something, like nobody wants to. Everyone's just like, "Yeah, I'm it... pretty sure I saw him on the roof." And it kind yeah. of, it kind of actually makes you think that a lot of this camp aren't worth saving. You know, yeah. That that, that maybe they don't deserve yeah, to find was... this paradise. That is what I was thinking, and I thought it was a really good scene. Yeah, oh no, it was, it was a very standalone scene almost actually, because because the whole like someone stealing something in this scene, you know, like just two back to back scenes in the middle that mm-hmm. you know are just kind of on their own. So which is why I didn't necessarily uh, think about well, it. When I was the real about payoff it. is just the guy getting his comeuppance in the end when he goes to like rat out the people who are escaping, and he immediately gets killed once he gives out his information. Yeah, carrots are not a merciful dude. He's <laughs> no, he, like burns him to death. Yes. Uh, it's boiling acid. That's a reference to a bad movie. Uh, I won't say which one because Tara will make fun of me for it. Uh, so. And Robin? No, no. Uh, Batman Forever. Yeah, Batman Forever. There you go. See, I knew you were a nerd too. Haha. <laughs> you can't deny it. 
I like Batman movies. Almost all of them. You don't like that one, though, right? Um, I don't know. I haven't watched it since I was a kid. I definitely liked it when I was a kid because I just didn't know. Yeah, well, kids are stupid, yeah. though. So that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I also liked 2001 when I was a kid, so who knows? <laughs> I actually didn't know. It I liked a... colorful Batman villains like Jim Carrey and Two Face. Interesting. I, I actually didn't like 2001 when I first saw it, when I was like 12, 13. It wasn't until I watched it again at about 18 that I, it clicked with me. But that yeah. is a story for another episode. When we do it. When we do eventually. 2001. Yeah. It's a 60s movie, so it won't be part of this. No, no. That's, that's, that's one of the few science fiction movies that predates all the stuff we're doing for the 70s <laughs> yeah. sci-fi month. It has a 70s vibe to it. Mmm. It looks more 60s, though. Mm. You know, costume? Costume, set design. It looks more 60s. Okay. Now, if you're saying it's ahead of its time, then sure, yeah. 2001 Space Odyssey, I will absolutely agree with you. It's ahead of its time. <laughs> Definitely. So, hey. Uh, but that's the Ultimate Warrior. It's, like I say, like some of these 70s movies are like they're, they're really simple in terms of their plot. It's almost like, I, I, again, I said at the start that they get like the core ideas and then they just kind of like do the most basic idea version of that idea possible mm-hmm. and it's not until later that we get the uh the more intricate ideas with the, the maybe the better core stories and stuff like that but uh i, I love the, the location i think my favorite part of this movie was the location this idea of like the, the jungle inside the, the urban city mm-hmm. like i liked that a lot um you know people could pop out from any building anywhere um and yeah, Last of Us is the main thing that I think of when I when I think of this type of setting. But um, yeah, uh, it's good. It's real good. It's, I mean, I enjoyed it. Like, I, like obviously, you could, you come in and it sounded a bit more positive, but I I don't want it because like, I I did have fun watching it. I like watching this sort of stuff. Is a is like a a time capsule of saying here, this is where we were in the seventies. And there's a reason mm-hmm. why this movie's not really that remembered. People don't really talk about it that much. I'm actually kind of surprised that it's not more well known maybe it's just not something that got around very well yeah not a lot of people saw so it just kind of got hidden but it seems to be like you know a a movie that a lot of movies nowadays or at least in the last 10 years take a lot from but are they taking it from this though or is this already taking it from something else this is just setting like the tone of what to expect Okay, and maybe I'm just thinking of like Walking Dead. There's a lot of Walking Dead in this, and like without the zombies, just like Walking Dead, if there were no zombies walking around, so you're just dealing with awful people. I'm not entirely convinced this is the first one to do a lot of these tropes, though. Uh, there, there could totally be something else earlier in the decade that did some of this stuff. I mean, maybe, maybe the specific city setting is unique to this, but I, I don't know about anything else. But I mean, again, I'm just kind of theorizing because I, I don't. Because no one, I've never heard anyone talk about this though. Was it was never? No, I, this movie, and I, you know, I looked it up on IMDb, and when I searched for it, the Rotten Tomatoes like thing came up for it, and it's at like twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and even the IMDb is like five point seven or nine or something. It's it's not a well well regarded film at all, but I don't see what's so bad about it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really easy watch. I think it's kind of fun. The suspense is there. The score is really good, and the acting is great. Like, but this is good movie. But this is why I say that I don't necessarily think this is the movie that a lot of things take their tropes from because, like, I would have heard about it. We would have heard about it somehow because you think about anything else that you know movies take their 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 ideas from, their basis from. Like, we hear about them. We we hear about what effectively started the slasher genre. We hear about what effectively started. You know, we. I mean, Mad Max too. Well, the... I don't know. Like, are we really fans of post-apocalyptic survival films? Or, I mean, you're a horror slasher fan. Like, you know where those start from. But like, <laughs> the the post-apocalyptic subgenre of film, like, there aren't. I don't know if that's a real niche that people are like. I must see all of them. <laughs> well, no. They don't tend to be very fun. Yeah, I mean, this predates Mad Max. It does, but, but Road Warrior is definitely the template, though, that most follow. Like, you know, they're, they're not following this, they're following Road Warrior. Well, I mean, even Road Warrior, like, is mostly a boy and his dog. 
Yeah, but no one remembers the Bionis doll. No one knows about it. Like, that's not the one that inspired people. Road Warrior is the one that inspired people that came after. Okay, but doesn't that go against the point that you made about the movie? Like, about it not being remembered because it probably didn't start these... um, Because it didn't start the tropes that it had been done before? Oh, I'm making a separate point. I mean, I mean, I don't know if it is, is the movie that started these tropes, but, I, I, but I've never heard of it before, so it makes me think it didn't just because I've never heard anyone talk about it. Or at the very least... this specific stuff <laughs> the specific stuff that's in this at the very least like i think there was probably books and stuff that did it way before this movie um yeah maybe because i mean hell even the there's uh, like a canticle for Leibowitz and yeah but, yeah, but what about, what about I, I guess uh, what about i am legend i am legend predates this i am legend that's the one i was trying to think of but i don't know how old that book is it's older than this because there's movies about that movie before this it is older than this? Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's literally movie adaptations that predate this. Okay. I think this movie was pretty fresh and new to me. And, um, you know, the things that I thought about that are like this film are like 90s and after. That's the, yeah, but that's the thing. I, I, I'm not convinced that anyone who made movies in the 90s that had, had these things has ever heard of this movie. Well, that's, that's okay. Like... This you know? movie's just ahead of its time. That's all. Oh sure, like I, I just like, I, I feel like if it was something that was actually influential in any way, shape, or form, it would have somehow come up. Like even buying his dog, I, I did like five minutes of, of like looking up a couple of like reviews and like things online, and I got quotes from George Miller talking about it mm-hmm. in the context of Mad Max, like sure, nothing yeah. for this. Like nothing came up. No, no, no one. I'm, I'm. Honestly, I'm surprised that that that's the case, though. I mean, I haven't seen this movie or heard about it either, but I'm wondering why it just kind of got swept under the rug and people don't really know about it. Maybe it just didn't get distributed very well or it didn't do well in the box office, so the studio, like, forgot about it. Like, it's it's odd to me because it is a pretty decent movie, an example of a post-apocalyptic future that is fun. It's a, it's a it's a decent movie. Like it's like I I think my core problem of the 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 core story just not being all that there. Like it's just kind of the basics of what this is, and that's it. Like there's definitely a lot more story to put into this to really turn it into something that's great. Uh, and I think that's probably why it never caught on. It never became this big thing. I'm saying people should watch it. I recommend it. <laughs> oh no! If you like, if you if you're interested in like discovering more sci-fi from the seventies, that is definitely. A solid watch like I, I think of some of the of the movies that we've watched for for the 70s month or whatever i think this is up there with probably the best one hmm well if you're going to rate it then what you're rating it i'm gonna give it an eight i think it's a really good film i think it's like i said like i think it's uh i think all the set pieces make sense i like the structure i like the um, I think there is a three-act structure, structure in it, even if you didn't like feel the flow of it very well. I like the speaking of. I like the pacing. I think the score is really excellent, and the actors are way better than they should be for this movie. And uh, yeah, I think it's a really good movie. It was a a nice little hidden gem for me. So I'm gonna give it an eight. Okay. Um. I I'm giving it a seven. I think it's good. I don't think it. Uh, has like it has that problem that a couple of these movies have had uh, where I don't really feel like I've gotten to know the characters well enough before they're actually going on their big thing in the last act I feel like I, I barely you know I've barely really gotten to know them and I've barely learned who they are and why I should care about them uh, so it's missing that kind of element of it and that, that's been kind of a, a running theme with some of these 70s movies that we've talked about where I've had that problem uh, it's just I don't know I don't know if that's necessarily just was how they did movies in the 70s but then again all the ones that have survived and are ones that we knew about because they're big and famous don't suffer from those problems right like all, all the ones that we do hear about uh you know from from the 70s that the that, that are household names that are still talked about and get you know 50 editions on every home you know video format because like here's the 30th anniversary well, i don't edition. think it needs to be famous to be great I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But I think there's a reason why some of these movies aren't remembered and why we don't know yeah. about them. 
Yeah. I mean, there's a lot on this list that I don't, of 70 sci-fi films that we're watching that are just like, what? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we still have a couple more. We have no idea what they are. Of, of, of course, there's always a chance we're going to find some hidden gem that, for whatever reason, has been overlooked. Yeah. And... and I think most of them have been getting the same like ratings, which yeah. is just like, it's good. Not great, but good. And for a reason. Well, this is something I said way back in like, one of the first one, one of these we did, is that like these movies that are just good but not great don't get remembered because except for death race (laughs) yeah (laughs) but that's arguably more of a cult infamous style of a movie but like you know like a lot of the we we remember a lot of movies in the past 20 years because we lived through them and because we 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 experienced all of them as they came out but Mm -hmm. the movies that were coming out in the 70s like that were below a certain standard that don't get talked about because like they're fine but you know no one's really talking about them no one in 20 years is going to be like you know a a simple man that was a good movie (laughs) that nobody talks about anymore (laughs) (laughs) i think that was like four years ago i never saw it (laughs) what was that it was good was that the coen brothers movie Mm, maybe See, Simple Man? That may get talked about just because of a Coen Brothers movie, but yeah. Okay. That, your, your what was the st- other one that came out around the same time and had a similar title? A Serious Man? Yeah. See, I already forgot. Or is, is, the, is that the Coen Brothers movie and a Simple Man's the other one? I don't know. Whatever. What, <laughs> what, one of them's a Coen Brothers movie and I don't know which one it is. <laughs> They're both going to be forgotten in 20 years. All right. Well, I guess uh, Taros convinced us is some super influential movie from the 70s that no one knows and i'm convinced that it's just a fine movie that had some things that might have carried on but ultimately uh was forgotten because it's, it's fine it's good but it's not amazing yeah okay it's better than 20 percent rotten tomatoes that's why rotten tomatoes oh, is no. garbage I'll, I'll give you well <laughs> now see it's not this is the thing see when it's a movie that existed before rotten tomatoes existed you can't really mm-hmm. trust the ratings because typically they have much less to go on and it tends to be like three DVD reviews or something like that. Like, it's it's very it's very murky when it comes to the old movies. Now, oh, it's just like the Leonard Maltin books translated. <laughs> he didn't even do five stars. He only went up to four. You can't trust that. Oh, yeah. People who rate out a four or like clearly deranged sex perverts or something. I don't, I don't even know what he... <laughs> it was just a different time. But they didn't no. know there could be five stars at the time. No, I, don't I don't know tr- about the sex perversion. <laughs> I, I don't trust them. I, I, anyone who rates out of four stars, I don't trust. I just never really agreed with it, Leonard Malton. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust you or your philosophies in life or anything. Mm. Uh, I was more of a Siskel person. Mm. Sometimes Ebert. Ebert tend to like the fun movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they both hated slasher movies, though, so I have to kind of... They both love Halloween. Uh, yeah, true, true, You can true. watch the original Halloween review that they did on YouTube. I, I did it, and they both... They don't like slasher films, but they said this is the exception. Like, they really love it. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, well, so you give it an 8, I give it a 7, uh, which, you know means for you it's your favorite of all these 70s movies uh but well, actually with one possible exception i think you may give god told me to higher uh i don't remember yeah maybe yeah, god, just because it was so bizarre god told me to is the better movie though let's be honest that's, that's the uh, movie. i mean they're different they're so different oh i'm sorry does <laughs> this does not have a stomach space vagina thank you very much you're right but that would have been perfect if it's like right in the middle of Yul Brenner when he's <laughs> with some discharge. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is the ultimate warrior. And uh, you can, of course, let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below. You can like and subscribe and ding the bell for notifications on the YouTubes. Uh, you can support us by rating the audio podcast and Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Helps us out a lot. More people find us that way. You also support us financially. We mentioned earlier on patreon.com slash TV. So go over there and see if you want to help us out that way. Um, otherwise, you'll check out other content we do. Tara, why don't you promote something that uh, also comes from TV? Um... Well, it's probably a bit late now, but um, I know you've worked really hard on the top 50 movies of the decade for all the Mild Fuzz crew. So you can, if you're curious what we think of the top 
50 films of the decade for every person, you can check out the 10 part series that Peter has put together. Which, uh, which decade is that? The, the 2010s. Mm. I think by the time this goes up, I don't think you can just say of the decade and assume that you mean the one that just ended. I think it'll be, you have to specify. Yeah. <laughs> you have to specify 2010. Who knows? Maybe the last episode hasn't come up yet. <laughs> Maybe this still being edited. Oh, I hope it is. I hope it has, because <laughs> I want to be done before I'm, you know, in my 40s. Uh, but there you go. That is. It's a big project, so please check it out. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, but that is uh, that has been the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Thank you very much once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction. Yeah. Keep watching science fiction films, guys. A computer at salsa. Etc. Etc. Etc.